2: Greg Amzinger is with us. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. My
0: hair is not Randy. I've got um, historically bad bedhead at the moment. Uh, I must tell you, I don't know if I've ever seen my hair look like this.
2: Can you? I, I, I guess you can. This morning, you can relate to Bill Belichick. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah sure. right. It gets good. You know what? I, it's so bad. I might. I might. I might pull a damn police hack and take a selfie and and. and text- <laughs> Randy <laughs> I, I can't right. wait to see it I can't wait yeah, to it's see it so historically bad but anyway uh, I just glanced at it and I was, I was shocked
2: uh, Greg we are Dan and I were just talking during the break we're loving the idea of if the playoffs started today the Yankees and the White Sox
0: mm. Uh, that would be great. If I'm the White Sox, I'm really bummed. They, they ran into a machine at the wrong time. Uh, they look like they had it wrapped up. Now the Minnesota twins are in first place. They're playing great baseball. It's funny because the two teams in the central that I think are incredibly dangerous are, are the teams that aren't the White Sox because I mean, Shane Beaver ERA around 1.6 is, a, is a win if he's in the postseason, And then you've got Plesak back, Zach Plesak rounding out the rotation. You put Tristan McKenzie, who's 6'7", weighs 165 pounds. <laughs> I weighed 155 pounds in 5th grade on you, uh, but I was blown. Uh, went out of the bullpen throwing gas. Now, I, I, Jose Ramirez is playing like an MVP again. Uh, the Indians and the Twins with Byron Buck living up to his potential finally. I mean, this kid is a table setter. He has just ignited this club. So I think those two teams are wildly dangerous. I ranked the the divisions in terms of who I thought, like power rankings, because I had on the show. I had the AL Central as the best division in baseball. And the reason for that was I really think there are three teams in that division that could win the World Series. And that's the only division I could say that about.
1: Looking at uh, where the Cardinals may finish up and who they may face, yesterday it was San Diego. Today it's a different story. Tomorrow could be San Diego. Who knows? But I'm going to go with the the Padres right now. Clevenger, biceps uh, tendonitis, or we don't know exactly the extent of his situation. How, in your opinion, Greg, as you kind of cover the national scene here, uh, how big is this uh, for the Padres? Because he could have been their game one uh, starter going into the playoffs
0: yeah he, he's he's important for them and if this is serious that that is a major loss now without him they still had some of the best starting pitching depth in, in the sport while paddock has been i guess you'd say took a step back this year compared to his rookie year he still has got good stuff denelson Lamette would be a game one guy for them then and he really has emerged uh, he he is incredibly talented after that, they very rely, rely on their bullpen. Before that, Zach Davies is the most overlooked starting pitcher in the sport this year. So just off the top of my head, you're looking at three guys that I think, you know, Jace Tingler is going to be really comfortable with. Their bullpen is outstanding. Have you seen what Drew Pomerantz has been doing? Has he given up a run yet? Uh, he's been incredibly struck out the side last night. Obviously, they went out and got Trevor Rosenthal, who's been terrific to them. they have got uh pieces that come out of that pen that make them dangerous. Even without Clevenger, the San Diego Padres will be heavily favored to beat the Cardinals if they face them in a three-game series. Now, as I say that, I do keep in mind the fact that Fernando Tatis Jr. has struggled. It looks as though he's kind of run out of gas somehow in the last two and a half weeks. While I say that, Manny Machado is the best player on the team. Eric Hosmer went deep last night. Uh, if they get Tatis to get re-energized for this postseason stretch, which I think he will it's going to be tough knocks off the Padres, even in a three-game set.
2: Greg Amsinger, MLB Network on 101 ESPN, and it is amazing that we're headed into the last four days of the season. You have pitched since before the 60-game season the idea of Tampa Bay. They have the best record in the American League. So I want to have you preview a uh, Tampa Bay Dodgers World Series. Dan and I were wondering about that matchup. Who would win that matchup?
0: That's a tough one, man, because, you know, the the Dodgers bullpen is, it's really the decisions they make with who's a starter and then who's going to be coming out of the pen. I think the Rays bullpen is such an advantage. It's top five in the game. They've got so many different looks. The only way, because I've been thinking about the Dodgers a lot lately, because this should be their year. It really should be. I think without fans, and without the, the overabundance of national media, we're going to be in a bubble in Arlington. But it's not going to be crowds of, of media members around Clayton Kershaw's locker after every single clunker. I think Clayton Kershaw is actually going to pitch well. This whole bugaboo of him in, in postseason baseball is not going to be the case. Uh, Walker Buehler is going to have to go back to being an ace. He's going to have to look and show that he's healthy. But in terms of the way this stuff goes down, I just, I just think there's too much depth. The key for me will be Dustin May, the rookie that's got the big, long hair for the Dodgers. If he's not a starter and they put him in the pen, the Dodgers have a better chance of beating the Rays. I know it sounds crazy, but he has the ability to come out and give you two to three innings, throwing 101 miles an hour. When he's out of the pen, that's, that's what his velocity reaches. I think he's a huge weapon. Uh, with Goslin and Arias to go with Bueller and-, and Kershaw, they've got enough starting pitching to-, to do it. But if Dustin Mays in the pen and he pitches well, the Dodgers can beat the Rays. Can you believe we're saying that? It feels it feels to me that I'm saying, oh, the Dodgers have a shot against the low-budget Rays. But that's really the reality. That's how good the Tampa Bay Rays are.
1: I love it. I, I've got Greg Trevor Bauer winning the uh, National League Cy Young. i got Shane Bieber uh, winning in the American League. Uh, I'm curious about your thoughts on that and also the MVPs in both leagues. What do you have?
0: Uh, I would say the National League do not overlook Corbin Burns. Uh, This start tonight with the Milwaukee Brewers, this is marquee, man. This kid's DRA is at 177. He's got eight punch-outs in 56 innings. And he he throws gas. He is so dominant. Um, He still has a chance. If he does the unthinkable tonight, let's just say they they don't don't take the ball from him. Let's say he goes the distance and helps Milwaukee Brewers back into postseason play. That could mess with things a little bit. Bauer, I, I agree, has been a machine. Uh, but it, that's neck and neck. Bieber won it. It's over. Uh, I had him in the MVP race for a while, uh, but then uh, the other position players kind of took off, and he took a step back um, to, three starts ago. But five five innings of the other night had a bunch of punch outs. He's the best pitcher. Uh, the MVP race in the American League is interesting. The MVP race in the National League, to me, is Freddie Freeman. I, I think Freddie Freeman's the MVP. He's been overlooked for that for years. And now it's time that he actually gets the attention. He has been the most steady and consistent guy. And may I remind you, he had COVID. This guy had it. He had it before the season started. So his his spring training 2.0 is all that stuff. And he has been a well-oiled machine for the Atlanta Braves.
2: Hey, Greg, we were talking in our last segment about the shift and about limiting the shift in Major League Baseball. I know that's been a topic of conversation on uh, your show, on MLB Network over the years. Where do you stand right now on Major League Baseball instituting another controversial rule to limit the shift?
0: It it bums me out. i got to be honest. I, I understand why you would do it because players just are not going to change the way they approach the game. They're not, they're not going to do it. And it's not even them. I've talked to so many of these players, and you know, Randall Kritchik got over $50 million because he hits the ball hard. He hits it at people a lot, but he hits the ball really hard. So exit velocity matters. Their exit velocity goes down if they listen to Harold Reynolds and slap the ball the other way. And that affects how much money they make. They get paid off exit velocity and slugging and on base. Um, so it's unfortunate. You know, the other night, I, I forget who was at the plate. The team, You're down by one. It's the eighth inning. And, uh, and this is the, that's the show you were probably talking about. It was me, Carlos Peña, and Harold Reynolds. And Carlos Peña was the slugger when he played. Mm-hmm. That was at the plate. He was at the plate, right? Team's down a run and there's no one out, and there's no one on the left side of the infield. And this guy hit a ball bullet to shallow right field, and he got thrown out. Why not just take it the, You're trying to win, right? And I don't think that's the case. I've said this for a while on your show, Randy. I think for eight innings, everyone plays on their own. They're trying to help their season stats for eight innings. And then in the ninth, they try to play team baseball. And then you try to take your butt there. and It's weird, so I think the shift is probably something that's going to be altered. And I wouldn't be surprised if they do it in a way that we're not expecting. Don't just get rid of it completely. Maybe what they do is, you know, in the eighth and ninth thing, you can shift. But in the first seven innings, you cannot. Something like that. Because it's just so, to me, it's, it's sad that a defense can't go, hey, this guy has no ability to hit the ball to shortstop or third base. So let's stack it all right here and that guy be a fringy Hall of Famer like David Ortiz. And they're right. He can't hit the ball to that side of the field. (laughs) So it's hard for me to say he can't do that, but uh, they want the game to pick up. They want more action. So I see the shift as uh, shelf life. It's not going to be there for a while.
1: Final question for me, uh, kind of a two-parter. Number one, uh, the media – getting in the bubble that kind of thing and the people that are allowed in the bubble for this postseason so what are you guys getting ready to do and what are you hearing about fans for the championship series and the world series
0: they've been kicking around fans i don't think it's going to happen uh, the bubble is going to be fun because, well, I'm going and I don't want to be bored.
1: So <laughs>
0: I, I'm, I, I'm not one of those fringy. Um, I'm not going to be on the uh, on the field. So we'll be doing the show from like the concourse. So the pregame show is going to be Fran Charles, St. Louis guy with Dan Polisak. I'll be doing the postgame show with Harold, and we'll be interacting with our studio back home. Uh, and then I'm sure all the other networks will be doing something similar. Our reporters will be on the field. Now what they go through is a completely different ball of wax. Tom Verducci and Ken Rosenthal, they are quarantining uh, for 10 days in their hotel room. Th- th- that sounds awful, right? So mm-hmm. They're going to be covering it for Fox, but they've asked to have like a treadmill sent to their room so they can exercise 10 days of quarantine in a hotel room. Uh, I would lose my mind. I, I do not have the discipline for that. I would go crazy. That is insane. So I, yeah. you know, I gave a fist bump to my boys, Rosenthal and Verducci. The Last time I saw myself, I'll see you in the quarantine, but we're not going to hanging out. I, I, I will not be interacting with the fans. So I'm at a different level of security. So they'll, they'll, Take our temperature when we get to the ballpark, there's not going to be any fans. There's no way because of all the the security measures that are going through the protocols. I don't see that happening at all, but um, it's going to be unique. Uh, I'm not going to have to quarantine at all, so we'll be able to go play golf. I was going to ask that question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my life won't be as miserable as Tom Verducci and Ken Rosenthal's, but those guys love this stuff so much. They're ready for it. All right.
2: Hey, always good to have you with us, my man. Thank you very much. We'll be tuned into MLB tonight, and as these playoffs approach, it's going to be great, and hopefully the Cardinals will be in it.
0: Yeah, I'm hoping so. It always makes my life more entertaining as a St. Louis guy. And and I will send you a a selfie of my my bedhead. It's going to be jaw-dropping,
2: right? I I can't wait to see this. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Greg. See you later. Take care, guys. Thanks, brother.